Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. Well, God bless you. Always a joy to come into your homes. And if you're ever in our area, please stop by and be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. Thanks so much for tuning in and thank you again for coming out today. I like to start with something funny. And I heard about this minister. He bought a new horse. He trained it to respond to praise the Lord, meaning giddy up, and hallelujah, meaning woe. Every time he said, praise the Lord, the horse took off running. When he said hallelujah, it quickly stopped. One day he is out riding and the horse got spooked, took off straight toward the cliff, going full blast. In the panic, he couldn't remember what he taught the horse. He said, bless God, amen, glory, nothing happened. The last second he shouted hallelujah. The horse came to a screeching halt just inches from the edge of the cliff. He breathed a sigh of relief and said, Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right. Hold up your Bible. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about giving the gift of yourself. The greatest gift you can give is not necessarily your money. It's not what you can buy someone. The greatest gift is your time, your attention, your love, your concern. When you take time to go see someone, you look them in the eyes, they feel your love, they enjoy your company. That means more than any material gift that you could ever give. And the people that are close to you, that really love and respect you. They would rather have you than your money. You can give them all the money in the world, but if you're not spending time with them, they're missing out on the best of you. When you give the gift of yourself, you're saying you're extremely important to me. I care about you. I love you. You're valuable. You're giving something that money cannot buy. And sometimes writing a check is taking the easy way out. I know I need to go visit my parents, but I'm so busy at the office, I'll just pay the neighbor to watch after them. My friend's in the hospital. I know I should go see them, but I don't want to miss working out this week. I'll just send them some flowers. No, take time to give your greatest gift. I learned this from my father. At least once a year, he would have me drive him back to Paris, Texas. That's where he grew up. And there was this older couple that was related to us somehow. And the man was American Indian, so nice. And his wife and him, they lived in this small wood frame house. And they were in their late 80s and had some health issues and didn't have much money, didn't have anybody to watch after them. And my father would pay their rent, buy their medications, have somebody take care of the house. And Daddy could have thought, that's good enough. I'm doing my part. No, he understood this principle that the greatest gift he could give was not his money, but himself. And my father was very busy, pastored a large church, had a lot of responsibilities. This could have been very low on his priority list, but every year we would take that five-hour journey. 
First time we went, I told Victoria, next Tuesday, we're going to Paris. Didn't tell her Paris, Texas until the morning of. <laughs> we got to Paris and she never did find the Eiffel Tower there, but I'll never forget pulling up in their driveway. They were sitting on the front porch waiting with such anticipation. You would have thought the President of the United States showed up. They were so happy. We'd go in and eat the lunch they had prepared. Then we would sit there and visit for hours and hours, listening to their stories, the same ones I'd heard before. A couple of times I thought, let me finish it for you. <laughs> I was in my early 20s. To be honest, I was so bored. I thought, come on, Daddy, let's go. We've had lunch. We said hello. They know we love them. My father sat there just as patient as can be. What was he doing? giving his greatest gift, his time, his attention, his friendship, the gift of himself. And today, people are so busy. With the technology, it's easy to not interact one-on-one. -on -one. Where we used to go see someone in person, or we used to at least pick up the phone, now we may go months and months and only communicate by text, by email, by Facebook. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to make sure you're not cheating people out of the best of you. To look someone in the eyes is very powerful. To give them your undivided attention speaks volumes. To let them hear your voice is extremely important. You will never regret spending time with the people that you love. Now, I'm all for using technology, but nothing makes the impact like seeing someone face to face. There was this older gentleman that I grew up with, and he was always very good to me. He bought some television equipment for us, just kind, generous man. He'd come up to the office and bring lunch, and we'd all sit around, laugh, talk, have a good time together. One day, he had a stroke. Couldn't get out anymore. He couldn't drive, and I felt so badly for him. I meant to call him. I had good intentions, but I was so busy. We had a newborn little baby daughter. I was just learning how to minister. Had so much going on, I kept putting it off and putting it off. Now, I know friends that would go out to see him, and I'd always tell them, be sure to tell him for me that I miss him. I love him, and I'm going to come see him. Well, weeks turned into months. Months turned into years. One morning, I woke up with him on my mind so strongly that I got in the car and drove to his house. And the lady that took care of him answered the door. She said, Joel, he is going to be so happy to see you. He talks about you all the time. He tells people you're just like his own son. I went in, gave him a big hug, and he wept and wept. And we're all busy. We've all got a lot going on. But I'll never regret the time that I spent with him that day. That one hour did more to express my love, my gratitude, my respect than a thousand people telling him for me. I could have sent him money, food, medication, encouragement. That would have been good. He would have been grateful, but it would not have had half the impact of that one visit. The fact that I took time to look him in the eyes, to let him feel the warmth of my hug, to give him my undivided attention, to laugh and talk about old times, that was invaluable. That cannot be purchased by money. Why is that? The greatest gift you can give 
is yourself. You can't do it for everyone, but you can do it for someone. God has put people in your life that need your gift. Don't put it off and say, oh yeah, Joel, I'll do it. One day when it slows down at the office, maybe when the children get back in school, maybe when the price of gas comes down, don't hold your breath. If you keep putting it off, you may miss the opportunity. Life is short. It's no guarantee of another day. That visit you've been planning to make, why don't you make it? That friend you've been meaning to see, why don't you go see them? When I left his house that morning, part of me felt very happy and very fulfilled that I could make his day. Another part of me felt sad that I'd held my gift back for so long. It had been years I had been planning to see him, to see the impact that it made, to see him come alive, to see his smile made me wish I'd done it a whole lot sooner. I made a vow that day that I wasn't going to withhold my gift anymore. I'm asking you to do the same thing. Take time for the people that invested in you, the people that made sacrifices, like this man, the people that went out of their way to be good to you. They need more than your money, more than your well wishes, more than your friends saying hello for you. They need the gift of yourself. Here's the key. Only you can give it. Your love, your smile, your friendship, your gratitude, that's one of a kind. Can't be transferred. Doesn't necessarily translate through another person, through a letter. A phone call's good, but don't use that as an excuse to never see them face to face. Tell you something strange about me. There's more than one thing, but this is one. (laughs) When I read the newspaper every morning, I always read the obituaries. I scan through it, read about people to see who they are, what their story is, how long they've lived. My children still make fun of me. Daddy's reading the obituaries again starting the day off right, thinking about death. (laughs) But I've done that for years and years. I think the main reason is to make sure I'm not in it. (laughs) But the real main reason is it reminds me of how fragile life really is. We grow up thinking that we're invincible. We're going to be here forever with our family and our friends. Our world is always going to be perfect. That's not the case. James 4.14 says, our life is like a mist. We're here for a moment, then we're gone. When you read the obituaries, you see people who were old and people who were young. People who had big families and people with no families. Some obituaries are very long with great accomplishments. Some are short. They just list the people's name and their dates, their age. One thing they all have in common is they're no longer here. Their time on this earth is over. And it's very sobering to look around at who God has put in your life. Who has made a difference? Who has invested in you? Who was there when nobody else was around? They took you under their wing. They mentored you. Are you giving the gift of yourself back to them? Some people come into our lives to get us to a certain level. They make sacrifices. They pay the price. Then we take off and pass them by. Now they're in the shadows. It's easy to forget about them. 
It's easy to not have any time. Too busy, too important, too successful. I've got too much going on. No, if it had not been for them, you wouldn't be where you are. Take time for the people that took time for you. When my father was in high school, he had a friend named Sam Martin. Sam was always talking to him about the Lord and how he needed to give his life to Christ. My father always thought Sam was a little odd, too religious. Sam would get to school early in the morning and write scriptures on the chalkboard. Most of the students agreed with my father that Sam was just too far out. Well, one night at two o'clock in the morning, my father was walking home from a nightclub, 17 years old. He began to think about his eternal destiny. He got home and opened the family Bible on the coffee table. It was just there as decoration. My father had no kind of spiritual upbringing, never been to church before. The Bible fell open to a picture of Jesus knocking at a door. The caption read, I stand at the door and knock. If any person opens the door, I will come in. My father couldn't understand religion, but he could understand opening a door. The next day, he told Sam what had happened. Sam said, John, that's God drawing you unto himself. He invited my father to church. They went and sat on the very back row. The end of the service, the minister invited people to the altar to receive Christ. My father wouldn't go. He was too scared. Sam whispered in his ear, 17 years old, John, if you'll walk down there, I'll go with you. That day, they both walked down there and my father gave his life to Christ. And daddy went on to become a very well-respected, successful minister, founded this church. But here's my point. Sam didn't have that same success. He pastored a church here and there, but nothing really caught on. Later in Sam's life, everything had gone downhill. He was really struggling, working as a greeter at a local retail store. He and my father had stayed in touch somewhat, but not that close. They would call each other every several years. When my father heard how much Sam was struggling, he got in his car and he drove to Dallas to visit. Now they were both in their 70s. Sam was so thrilled. He couldn't believe his old high school friend John had taken time to come. My dad was very loyal. He invited Sam to be a part of our staff as one of our ministers. Sam and his wife moved to Houston. Sam spent the last eight years of his life working with my father day in and day out. What was my dad doing? Giving the gift of himself. He knew he wouldn't be here if it weren't for Sam. Sam was there for my father in his time of need. Now my father was there for Sam in Sam's time of need. Don't forget about the people that help you get to where you are. Don't be too busy, too important. Take time to reach back and invest in those that have helped you. It may not be to give them a job like my dad did, but at least you can stop by their house and say thank you. You can invite them over or you can do something kind for their family. This is what David did in the scripture. His best friend, Jonathan, was killed in a battle. Jonathan was the one that really looked after David. When his father, King Saul, was trying to kill David, Jonathan would get inside information and sneak over and give it to his friend David. Years after Jonathan's death, now David is the king. David asked his assistant, 
is anyone from the house of Jonathan still alive? If so, I want to do something good for them. They said, he has one son that's crippled, but he's still alive. This son was living in extreme poverty, no future to speak of. David had them go get the young man, bring him to the palace. He looked him in the eyes and said, listen, from now on, you're going to eat at my dinner table every night. From now on, you're going to live in the palace with me, treated like royalty. The young man was amazed. He asked, what did I do to deserve all this? David said, your father was a friend of mine. Your father helped me get to where I am. Now I'm going to show you honor. I'm going to show you respect because of who your father was. David could have taken the easy way out and said, I'm going to build you a house down the road, have somebody take care of you. You go off and live a good life. No, David understood this principle that the greatest gift he could give was himself. David gave that young man his time, his attention, his friendship. The truth is, none of us got to where we are on our own. It's easy to find fault with the people that raised us. I hear it all the time. Joel, my parents didn't treat me right. My father worked all the time. He was never there. My mother had issues. My teachers, they didn't really invest in me. No, they may not have been perfect, but they made sacrifices so that you could go further. Most likely, they did the best that they could with what they had. I was talking to a friend recently. He was the star football player in high school. He loved sports, but his father never came to one game, never saw him play one time. But this son wasn't bitter. He said, Joel, my dad was a good man. He spent all of his time and energy working to provide for the family. That's how he showed love. Come to find out, his father was raised without a father. He'd never seen a father modeled, didn't really know what he was supposed to do. Sometimes we judge people by what we know instead of by what they know. This son was smart enough to realize his father didn't know any better. He was doing the best that he knew how. Now this son takes his father to all of his grandson's football games. They sit together in the stands and enjoy each other's company. What am I saying? Don't make excuses for why you don't need to see a loved one. Don't live bitter because you didn't get what you needed. Well, Joel, they didn't treat me right. They didn't make me feel important. They should have spent more time with me. Why don't you have a bigger point of view? Maybe they did the best that they knew how. After all, that's your family. That's your flesh and blood. That's the one God ordained to be in your life. You didn't just come from any parents. God handpicked your parents. He knew what they would have and what they wouldn't have. He knew what they could give you and what they couldn't give you. It's easy to focus on the negative, but keep the right perspective. They're the ones that changed your diapers. They're the ones that fed you, clothed you, stayed up late at night when you didn't feel well. They're the people that when you were a baby, you spit up on them, and they shook it off and gave you another bottle. Now, what have you done for them lately? Have you invited them out to dinner? Have you stopped by the house to enjoy their company, to talk about old times, to laugh together? What if they weren't going to be around next year at this time? 
What if the next few months was the only chance you had to let them know how you feel, what they mean to you? Are you allowing your work schedule too busy to keep you from it? Or maybe have you not spoken in years because you don't get along anymore? You're at odds and you're just letting it ride. Maybe one day you'll make things better. God is saying today is your one day. Reach out to the people that have sacrificed for you. Go visit that family member. You have a gift that they need. And it's not necessarily just your money, your clothes, your food. The gift you have is yourself, your friendship, your time, your love, your hug, your smile, your gratitude. Don't keep putting it off. Do what you know you need to do. Last week, I was flipping through the obituaries, my favorite thing to do. I saw this picture of a man about my age. He always waited on me at the department store just saw him a couple months ago in the back of the store. I was in a hurry, but I took a few moments to go over and shake his hand, see how he was doing. Just a two-minute friendly conversation, no big deal. I never dreamed that would be the last time I ever saw him. He had been there for years. Friends, life is short. Don't miss these opportunities to give the gift of yourself. I was so glad that at least I took time to go say hello. When I saw his picture, while I was saddened to know that he was gone, I was satisfied knowing that I had taken the time to let him know that I cared, that he was important to me. My question is, the people God put in your life, your family, your friends, those that you interact with, if they were gone tomorrow, would you be satisfied that they know how much you love them? what you mean to them. Have you seen them lately? Expressed your feelings? Taken time to enjoy their friendship? Laugh together? If not, why don't you do it sooner than later? I've been to too many funerals where I hear people say, if I only had another chance, if I could just really tell them what they meant to me, this is your other chance. Look around this week. Don't take the people God put in your life for granted. When you give the gift of yourself, your time, your attention, your love, you're keeping the accounts full. When somebody goes to be with the Lord, while you'll still be sad, you'll have no regrets. There'll be a satisfaction knowing they knew exactly how much you loved them, how much you valued them in your life. What makes losing a loved one much more difficult is when we have all these things we wish we would have done. I wish I would have gone to see them. I wish I would have taken my friends. Or I wish I would have forgiven them and made things right. Talked to a young lady just recently. She's dealing with all this guilt, all this remorse, because she got at odds with her father. They had not spoken in a long, long time. Her father in his early 50s was suddenly killed in an accident. She said, Joel, I can't handle it. I'm dealing with all this guilt. How do I let it go? Of course, God will give you the grace to do it. But the point I'm making today is it's much better to keep the accounts full. You've heard the saying, live every day like it could be your last. Another good thought, live every day like it could be your loved one's last. Because when you die, if you know the Lord, you're going to go to heaven. 
You're not going to miss us. There's no time in heaven. The next thing you know is we'll be there. The difficulty is not when you die, but when a loved one dies. That's when people have too many regrets. I've heard it said, if you only had an hour to live, who would you call? What would you say? And what are you waiting for? It was a Thursday night 13 years ago. I was home sound asleep in my bed and I heard the phone ringing. I woke up in a daze, looked at the clock. It was four o'clock in the morning. Entered the phone and it was my father. He said, Joel, I'm not feeling well. I need to go up to the clinic to take dialysis. Can you take me? I said, sure, I'll be there in just a moment. I'd gotten in bed that night at two o'clock. Just had a couple of hours of sleep. Picked my father up and got him to the dialysis center. Most of the time, once he got all hooked up, he would go to sleep. And so I would leave and go to work or go back home and come pick him up four hours later. And this morning, I was particularly tired, but something down in here said, Joel, you need to stay and visit with your dad today. It just felt right. I knew I was supposed to do it. So I pulled up a chair and for the next three or four hours, my father and I just sat there and talked and laughed, had a good time together. He got finished about eight in the morning and I took him home and I was standing in my parents' kitchen just about to leave and my father called me back over. He gave me a big hug and said, Joel, you're the best son a father could ever hope to have. Now, I left that day feeling extremely satisfied. I knew how much my father loved me and he knew how much I loved him. What I didn't realize was later that day, he would have a heart attack and go to be with the Lord. The last thing I remember him saying to me was what a good son I was. The last thing he remembers me doing for him was spending that three or four hours together. And while I still miss my dad, I have no regrets. There's nothing I wish I would have done differently. Nothing I wish I would have said. I'm at peace. And I don't say that to brag on me, but rather to challenge us to make sure we're keeping the accounts full. Make sure you're not putting things off thinking, yeah, one day I'm going to go see them. One day I'm going to take my grandchildren. One day I'm going to forgive and make things right. Let today be your one day. Take time for the people God put in your life. Don't cheat them out of the best of you. Your friendship, your love, your smile, your hug, that's one of a kind. Nobody else can give it. If you'll learn to give the gift of yourself, then your accounts will stay full. You'll have no regrets. The people in your life will not only be better, but you will be better. I believe and declare you will live a blessed, happy fulfilled, victorious life in Jesus' name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? Well, we never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. Thanks so much for listening to today's message. 
I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you encouraged and inspired all through the week. Help us to continue to share the message of hope with those all around the world. Visit joelosteen.com or click the link in the description to partner with us today. We hope you'll share this message with a friend and be sure to follow us on social media. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.